0: If you're in the market for a chicken coop that will keep your flock safe and warm, look no further than Cutest Coops.
1: Cutest Coops come in a variety of sizes and designs so you can easily select which one best suits your homestead. We both have the Charming Coop, which has a four x four footprint and is easy to assemble with the help of a friend.
0: And with the Charming Coop, it comes pre-primed and you get to paint it however your chicken loving heart desires. Check them out at cutestcoops.com and use code COOP and FARM to get $100 off your coop.
1: Welcome to
0: We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community.
1: We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep
0: it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We
1: drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking? I just opened a long-distance high five from <laughs> Land Grant Brewing and Warped Wing. So they called it a collaboration brew. <laughs> nice. So it's some sort of like quarantine collaboration and it is a beer that is brewed with honeysuckle honey, wheat and heirloom corn. And it's a goza. So I'm really really excited for this beer.
0: sounds amazing
1: oh yeah it actually says on the can land grant and warped wing have virtually teamed up to transmit this unusual well-balanced blend of heirloom corn wheat and honeysuckle honey it's a tart slightly salty goza style ale that celebrates our ohio farm country heritage perfect for enjoying with a safely distanced pal so i'm doing this right
0: yeah good job we're more than safely distanced all of the time
1: pretty much so what are you drinking over there
0: so i'm doing a repeat today it is a lost coast brewery peanut butter chocolate milk stout
1: Mm. and it's
0: got a cow on it and i felt like it was appropriate for today's topic And I will soon be joining the cow club with you. Yay! So we'll talk more about that on a later episode, I'm sure. But a listener reached out to me and offered me a cow. Obviously, I'm paying for the
1: cow. It's not like she's like,
0: oh my gosh, here's a cow. I love you.
1: (laughs) Imagine if people just started started sending us animals. That would get super I mean, awkward.
0: I mean, it would be it'd be an interesting problem to have. Oh, that would be that would be. But um, she is Ski Family Farm on Instagram, um, and it will be a Hereford Highland cross, and she's very cute. And I'm excited. And our intention is to. Uh, breed her, and have some beef cattle. So I was telling people the other day about getting this cow, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna eat her babies. And I was like, (laughs) oh, god, that sounds terrible, and am I gonna be able to do that? So... (laughs) It's going to be a few years process, um, but stay tuned.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, so it's really fun and funny because like once you start getting into this and kind of setting up the foundations for things, long-term projects like that feel easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Last night, Matt was like, so what's your plan with this this cow thing? And he's like, you realize how long it's going to be before we have like a meat cow? And I was like... Yes, but I want to, like, try this out, see how it goes. And if I don't like going this route, then I just have a fun cow friend in the pasture. Like, we will not be eating her.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Just our babies, which is really yeah. dark.
1: <laughs> well, you can always sell them as bottle calves Yeah, other people eat them if you can't do it. Exactly. Like, yeah, so, like, what's really cool about farming is... You can pivot to all sorts of different directions to choose what works best for you and your mm-hmm. setup and your heart. So,
0: Yeah. And doing the cow thing does mean that my alpaca dream dies.
1: Yeah. Because you guys don't have space for both, right?
0: Well, it's not so much we don't have space. It's our zoning laws. Oh, so okay. I can, like, if I get this cow and then I have another cow... <laughs> Like, we're <laughs> tapped out based on yeah. how many goats we have and how many chickens we have. So, unless we're able to buy more land around us or across the road at some point, then that that is our limit. So, you know, we don't plan to stay here forever. We want to go bigger later. So, when we go bigger later, that's when that dream might have to revive. But with you know with farming too like you you got to consider what your partner wants and i know the meat cow thing is something he wants to do so this is just kind of like augmenting what he was thinking of how it would go with something that i'm excited about so now here we are and now i have more projects to do before
1: the ground starts to freeze <laughs> i like it those are all excellent perspectives and ways to work on it <laughs> So our drink peep this episode is our friend Elise Ferguson, which is at EGF Brahma Mama. So cheers, lady. Cheers.
0: And in today's episode, we're going to talk about how to pasteurize milk at home and talking about why you might want to do that and how to do that.
1: Yes. And for this episode, we referenced an article from Backyard Goats, which is part of the I Am Countryside family. And this article is titled How to Pasteurize Milk at Home. And the like subtitle of it is Pasteurizing Milk Takes Time, But Avoid Some Problems Later. And it was written by Marissa Ames. So Bev,
0: before we dive into this, have you been pasteurizing your goat's milk i don't know if i'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here but i was curious when you brought up this episode topic like where you were at with that
1: yes you're a little ahead but that's okay i'll just move my portion above (laughs) the portion that we had in the notes it totally works so yes i have been pasteurizing all of my goat milk Mm. and there are a couple of reasons for it uh one of them is, have you ever heard the term seeing how the sausage is made?
0: Oh, yeah. I actually thought about that term at, in regards to my work the other day. So that's really <laughs> funny that you're bringing that up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Jared and I just talked about it with like doing some stuff in the background, like at the school, too. It's 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 been a very like topical uh, <laughs> phrase as of late. <laughs> so I've seen how the milk is made in my barn. Mm. And it totally grosses and skews me out. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more about why that is. So, okay. So our current setup isn't, like, super ideal for keeping everything, like, perfectly clean. And some of it is, like, so, you know, goats have hair. And mm-hmm. my goats live outside. They don't have a big barn that they come inside of. They just have, like, a run-in shed that they use. So they're kind of dirty. Like, they're just dusty and they're fuzzy because they always have, like, a really good coat because I don't cl- I don't show clip their coats. So mm-hmm. maybe this will change when we do start showing and we're show clipping people. Not people. When we're goats. show clipping goats. <laughs> 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 and there will be less hair and less dirt. But basically, like, even though I've gotten super awesome at hands milking, because we, we've had a couple of issues with the machine, but I actually worked those kinks out today. So I'm, I'm super happy. So we're getting cleaner milk again. Um, but in the bucket, like... There's just no way to keep the hair and like dust from falling into it. It's It's been impossible. I have tried like everything and I just haven't been able to do it. So I am filtering it and then the hair is not in the milk, but still I saw it in there. So it's it's really a mental thing. So even if it's really not that dirty, it just kind of grossed me out, if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> so those all seem like pretty good reasons too you know, pasteurize your milk. That's so it's just kind of funny to me, though, because I thought you were like a big raw milk person.
1: Well, so we do or we have drank raw cow's milk uh, in the past. And it's from a place that's really reputable. I've been there, like the way that they do things is super clean. And I am just not able to replicate that here Mm -hmm. on my farm. So that was kind of, you know, like That was kind of what started this idea to do it. Um, But also, the whole family was having a few, like, digestive issues. I won't go into too much detail.
0: (laughs) That that says enough right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Leave that
0: mystery to that issue. That's okay.
1: (laughs) And then there's also, like, I've been doing a couple of things with my goat's milk. So I made some cajeta, which is, like, um, it's kind of like dulce de leche, but... Mm using goat's milk instead of cow's milk but it was like a total disaster because the recipe said that you were supposed to use pasteurized goat's milk and I was like I don't need to use pasteurized goat's milk no you do need to use pasteurized goat's milk <laughs> so I was like all right I'll pasteurize some goat's milk and make some cajeta um, but then I went to make some chevra and that also like the direction said use pasteurized goat's milk So then after that, I was like, "Okay, like if all the things that I want to do with the milk require pasteurization, like I should learn how to do this and just pasteurize it like it can't possibly be that hard. And it turns out it's really not that hard. It's super easy. It's not time consuming. I do it like while I'm doing other things in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So it's been working out really well. And, you know. When I made the Shivra I totally understood why they wanted you to use pasteurized goat's milk. And it's because you have to leave it on the counter at room temperature for like 24 hours. And oh. if there's like some sort of, you know, like poop bacteria in your milk, like mm-hmm. I, I don't want everybody to die because I made Right. <laughs> goat's cheese, like right. with cheese that had bacteria in it. So <laughs> it makes sense. It's totally a food safety thing and I, I'm a I'm a reasonable person, like and I'm totally capable of taking in new information and changing yes. my mind about things. So I have changed my mind about drinking raw milk from my farm specifically. Maybe eventually like I'll get this down enough and things will be clean enough that I'll feel more comfortable with it. But right now I'm just not. And I don't I don't wanna like totally derail this goat farm thing because I made everybody sick with the Right. Milk. Like right. it doesn't make any sense to me, like f- from a logical standpoint. And the milk inside the milking machine is way cleaner than the hand-milked milk, but still it just makes sense to do it all the same way for now until I get a good routine down.
0: Exactly. So some other reasons why you might want to pasteurize your milk is that many goat illnesses are zoonotic and can transfer to humans through milk. Um, Some things that I might not pronounce correctly, uh, brucellosis... (laughs) Q fever, and Cassius lymphadenitis CL, is much easier to say.
1: Yes, and that's a pretty, like, well-known goat disease right there, yeah. CL. It's one of the ones that you test for when you're getting ready to, uh, like – breed your herd with an outside herd or you're getting a new goat from another herd like you want them to be CL tested because it's like super super contagious and it's zoonotic which means that it passes to humans from animals that's basically all that word means
0: and uh, interestingly enough a century ago before refrigerated trucks brought milk from the countryside into urban areas raw cow milk was a major vector of tuberculosis fun yeah Um, So if all of your animals haven't been tested for all of the diseases listed above, it's a good idea to learn how to pasteurize your milk. Um, If you receive raw milk from someone who has not received a clean test of those diseases, that's a good reason to do it too. And pasteurizing also extends the milk expiration date and it helps with dairy crafting projects that Bev talked about. And by learning how to pasteurize milk, you gain some control over those beneficial microbes needed to make homemade yogurt, sour cream, and of course, goat cheese.
1: Fun stuff. So those are all good reasons to know how to pasteurize properly.
0: Yes. We know that you love your chickens just as much as we do, so why not provide them a high-quality snack that benefits both you and your flock? That's why
1: we highly recommend Grubly Farms Grublies. All grublies are packed with protein and have over 50 times more calcium than mealworms to help produce stronger eggshells and prevent egg binding. Just one handful of grublies will give your flock more calcium than five pounds of mealworms. So you can ditch those oyster shells and get more cluck for your buck with grublies. Grubly Farms also has
0: Grubly Layer Feed, the world's first naturally balanced feed made with farm-grown insect protein and plant-based ingredients. With a healthy mix of grub and plant-based protein, essential amino acids, vitamins and minerals, and no fish meal, it will leave your feathered friends clucking-pleased.
1: So make GrublyFarms.com your one-stop shop for chicken snacks and feed. Go to GrublyFarms.com and use code Farm15 to get 15% off your first order.
0: So now that we've probably convinced you that pasteurizing your milk is a good idea, if you especially if you want to get fancy with your milk like like Babo's, and I'm seeing it all on Instagram and I'm going, gosh, that looks amazing. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I'll be leveling up to that, this kidding season, which, which I'm totally okay with. Um, it is (laughs) nice to know that Bev has done it now so I can pick her brain about it when I am ready. So let's start talking about that pasteurization process. So Bev,
1: take it away okay so i'll actually start with how i pasteurize um because it actually wasn't listed in the article although i guess the the closest thing to it could be would be like a double boiler that's kind of what i do um Mm -hmm. but the way that um or so here let's talk about the mechanics of pasteurizing first so pasteurizing milk is really simple you heat it to 161 degrees fahrenheit for at least 15 seconds or you can pasteurize it at a lower temperature for longer, so you can pasteurize it at 145 degrees for 30 minutes. Mm. Uh, so those are your two options for pasteurizing milk so that it kills off the all of the bad bacteria but leaves some of the good beneficial bacteria. Now, when you're heating it up, of course, some of the good beneficial bacteria is going to die. That's just the way that it works. So mm-hmm. you've got to be willing to deal with that. Uh, So my double boiler method involves using a big stock pot and then I put in um, two quart jars in it and I put the milk inside the quart jars and then fill water all around the quart jars. So the milk isn't actually touching the pan because you can scorch the milk that way. Uh, but it's getting heated inside the jars in a safe place um, away from all of the boiling water. And then to check the temperature, I have just like, you know, one of those probe thermometers Just turn it on, put it inside the milk, stir it around a little bit to make sure that I've got it, you know, like touching as much of the milk as possible and then check the temperature and see if it's hit 161 degrees. Cause that's the method I use. I think the 161 for 15 seconds is way easier than 145 for 30 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I have to like monitor that a little closer. Uh, And that is how I pasteurize. We'll talk about the chilling section later because we've got a whole section about that um but other options for pasteurization is the microwave uh the author of this article doesn't recommend this method because yes it will kill the pathogens as long as you topped 161 degrees for the required 15 seconds um, but it's difficult to judge temperature in a microwave like you can not be standing there with a probe while it the microwave is cooking like it just doesn't mm-hmm. work that way um, and also microwaves tend to create hot spots in food and liquids so Mm. some sections of your milk would be like super hot so you'd end up with that like cooked milk flavor Uh, and other sections might not have gotten hot enough so you'd still have your bacteria which totally defeats the purpose (laughs) right the uh, slow cooker method is actually a really popular method for pasteurization um, and that's actually a really great method to use if you're using your crock pot to do yogurt or chivra um, because it'll save you on the steps. Like if, if you're if you're pasteurizing specifically for those purposes, you can just pour the milk into the crock pot, heat it up to the desired temperature that you want to use for your pasteurization. And then you can let it just like you can let the temperature fall naturally to the whatever temperature is for your culture that you purchase. Like the Shivra culture that I use is 86 degrees Fahrenheit. So I let the milk fall to that temperature, check it when it's at 86 and then I throw my culture in and and mix it up. So if you put your culture in whether it's yogurt or cream cheese or sour cream or or you know regular cheese whatever you're making, if you put your cultures in while your milk is still too hot, you're going to kill all your cultures. So wow. You want to follow all of those directions, like, really carefully. It's very science-y. It's not, like, cooking. You know how when you're, like, cooking, you can just, like, throw a bit of this and, like, a dash of that, and, mm-hmm. and you could still end up with something awesome? This is, like, science. You got to, like, It's like follow. baking. Yeah, it's yeah. like baking. You have to follow the directions, or you end up with flat muffins.
0: <laughs> nobody wants flat muffins.
1: No, nobody wants flat muffins. Uh, so you can also... Uh, you can also pasteurize just on the stovetop inside the pot uh, but you do risk scorching your milk Um, and also if you let it get too hot you kind of end up with that like cooked milk flavor and unless you've tasted that Mm. or smelled that you're not really gonna know what I'm talking about but I've totally over pasteurized my milk but it's still turned into great cheese so I didn't mind (laughs) but you can taste it like when you're just drinking it plain um Mm -hmm. and it still tastes okay it's just it's not the best um you can also do a double boiler so if you have a double boiler you can use that it's really simpler to the it's really similar to the jar method that I mentioned um you can also purchase a vat pasteurizer but they're pretty expensive. So like I'm just pasteurizing milk for one goat. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to invest in one of those anytime soon.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> Maybe if I was like a real like legit home dairy um because a, a, like a real vat pasteurizer like takes all the guesswork out. You put the milk in, you press the buttons and it does all the heating, all the right standing time, like rapid oh. chills it for you. Like it's it's super cool. And in fact, if you're going to get like a, a a license in some states I guess you can get a license to sell as Mm -hmm. a home dairy you might have to invest in one of these things because usually your license has like a requirement for the way that you pasteurize which makes sense because it's like a food safety thing (laughs) so it's right right Um, and also this bat pasteurizer helps uh, preserve the flavor better than some of the other methods because it just like it just does the job right which is pretty cool (laughs) yes Uh, Also, so this is kind of a fun fact. And now that I know this, I might just start using some of my morning milking in my morning latte. So the uh, steamer on a cappuccino machine will pasteurize the milk. So oh. I have like one of those automatic latte machines. So I could put the milk inside the little milk thing, and then the steamer thing, you know, like pulls the milk up and heats it and then mm-hmm. froths it, so that pasteurizes it. Sounds pretty cool. So smart. Yeah, it is. And it would make my morning coffee just like so bougie if I started actually baking lattes every day. There you go. <laughs> I deserve it after going out there and milking for an hour with Tonks. Treat yourself. <laughs> that's right.
0: All right. So let's talk about chilling the milk. So when you're making yogurt or is it Chevre? Chevrolet. Chevrolet. What the hell is Chevrolet?
1: it's it just means goat in french
0: oh you're making goat (laughs) yep (laughs) all right uh so when you're doing those fancy things just turn off the heat and let the temperatures descend to necessary levels for culturing you may end up with a little cooked flavor but the probiotics and acidification add other flavors that will mask the taste and if you're pasteurizing milk for drinking consider flash chilling it's to preserve the best flavor. So just sticking the pot in a fridge or freezer sounds easy, but all that heat could raise the temperature and humidity in the fridge to unsafe levels. Steam condenses on freezer racks, um, which is not good. (laughs) And uh, she finds that the easiest way to chill milk fast is to put a lid on the pot to avoid splashing water in the milk, then sit the milk in a sink full of ice water. And she keeps quite a few ice packs in the freezer for this purpose as well, to save on the amount of ice cubes she needs to make or buy. So Bev, what do you do to chill the milk?
1: So because my milking is so, um, I have such a small amount of milk right now, usually when I'm pasteurizing, it all fits into my quart milking bucket. So I put it into my quart milking bucket, which is stainless steel while it's still hot. Uh-huh. Um, and I put a lid on it and then I just put it in like a bowl of ice and just cover the whole oh. thing in ice and it chills it super, super fast. And in fact, that's how I chill it when I bring it in as well, because I only have one goat and I'm only milking once a day. So I'm only getting two cups of milk per a day so i'm not pasteurizing every day because it's just not worth it to pasteurize two cups of milk i usually pasteurize when i have eight cups of milk because that's two quart jars so that's usually when i pasteurize so i'm basically pasteurizing every four days um, unless we've used a bunch of the raw milk for something else but we really haven't been using up the raw milk because all of the projects i want to do with milk requires pasteurization so we just let it build up for four days and we pasteurize it all at once. And in fact, the flavor has retained for four days in the fridge, which has been good to know because raw milk does like go bad faster than pasteurized milk does. Mm-hmm. So, like, and once I've pasteurized it, it extends the life now too. So, we have not, knock on wood, dumped any <laughs> milk from Tonks yet because it got rotten in the fridge because we didn't use it fast enough. So that's pretty exciting.
0: That's really good.
1: Yeah. And we have an ice maker, so like I always just use ice um, because the ice maker does all the hard work for me. I don't have to mess around with ice packs. But uh, yeah, it it chills it like really fast. As long as you're using a metal container and ice or some sort of cold things, it'll go really well. Good to know.
0: Well, this was a fun topic.
1: Yeah, I thought it was too, because it's something that I'm totally doing right now. And like food safety is really important. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we can end up like on that soapbox of do it all yourself and like, you know, the most (laughs) natural way possible. But like, it's natural to kill bacteria that's bad for you as well. So if you're in the same boat I was where it was just upsetting your stomach, like, there's no shame in It doesn't make any
0: sense, right? <laughs> no,
1: it doesn't.
0: <laughs> like, poison ivy is natural, but I don't want it on my skin. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you know what? I bet there's tons of people that drink raw goat's milk and don't have any of the issues that we were having here. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, those were the issues we were having. So I had to do something about it.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: So, yeah, join our Facebook group if you want to talk about pasteurization or milk. Or maybe you have, like, some some tips for keeping the milk a little cleaner while hand milking. Join yeah. our Facebook group and you can share those in there. We can continue the discussion. We can talk about other things you make with your goat's milk or if there's any other, like, ways of pasteurization that we missed. Uh, that is a good place to continue all of that.
0: And now it's time for We Can't Even Corner.
1: Yay!
0: Yay! Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first?
1: Sure. I will go first. I'm totally cheating on my can't evens (laughs) for the next few weeks because I just like, I've not had time to like read a lot of extra news or do anything fun like that. So I haven't come across anything like crazy that I can't even about that's farm related on the internet lately. But Uh, I can't believe that I actually made my own chevra and it was really good. Like I was super happy with it. So (laughs)
0: fancy. You made your own goat. So
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny that that's just the word for goat in (laughs) French? It's really funny. (laughs) (laughs) It cracked me up when I learned that. I was like, well, I guess that makes sense. So anytime you say... Chevre, you just mean goat or goat cheese. Basically any cheese made from goat milk is chevre. Like technically. But the one I made is like a crumbly, like white cheese, you know, that you like put on Mm. salads and stuff. It's not like a melty kind of cheese. Is it like feta? Uh kind of. Mine firmed up a little more than that uh I'm not really sure why mine over so I'm, I actually did get to like slice mine like you would like mozzarella and mm. usually you don't um but it tasted like it was supposed to so I was happy um it's probably just because I don't have as much milk as like the culture could do because oh. um, I could have done a gallon of milk but I didn't have oh, wow. a gallon of milk I had a half gallon of milk but I did it anyways <laughs> 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 so I didn't follow all the instructions <laughs> just the temperature one <laughs> but it still tasted delicious and it and it like uh there was like hardly any waste like you know I, I filtered it got the whey out and it was like all way there was no like fat or you know like any of the good stuff left in it you can tell because it's like yellow and kind of clear and so I was like yay I made <laughs> your bread it was successful and it was my first time <laughs> and I really needed that win for a first time type yeah. of thing because like Usually you crash and burn the first few times that you do something new on the farm. That's just the way that it goes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was really pleased about that. (laughs) So what is your can't even this week?
0: So mine is an article from ABC News. um, And it's titled, You've Goat to Be Kidding, Farm Animal (laughs) Eats Up Police Papers
1: oh my gosh
0: (laughs) so in douglasville georgia a georgia sheriff's deputy delivering civil papers returned to her patrol vehicle to find an eager and hungry new driver the douglas county deputy was serving the documents near douglasville last week when she heard something in her patrol car and what was met by a goat climbing into the open driver's side (laughs) (laughs) The animal clamored around, munched on some paperwork, and knocked over a drink before managing to bump the deputy on the ground. The sheriff's office explained in a Facebook post on Friday that the deputy often leaves the door open on such calls in case she has to make a quick escape from aggressive dogs, but she had never considered having to retreat from an agitated goat. Officials said the deputy was not physically harmed during the encounter, and she managed to retrieve the soggy paperwork before the animal scampered off. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was really funny, because, I mean, I don't let my goats run free, but they would totally do something like that if given the opportunity.
1: Oh, yeah. If I had free-range goats, they would be in our cars, on our cars, (laughs) pooping on our back deck eating yeah. everything i would have like no fun plants or flowers around the house like they would munch on every single one of us. yes them. <laughs> oh
0: so make sure you send us your can't evens in the facebook group or via facebook messenger instagram or email them to us at drink and farm at gmail.com
1: yes and be sure and leave us a review uh because we read our favorite apple podcast review for the week on the show and all of the reviews that we read we put them into a drawing for an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop yes and this week uh we do not have a review
0: Ooh, yeah so that just increases the odds of anybody that left a review earlier in the month um Obviously, we have one more episode this month, so we'll see what happens, but make sure you leave that review. If you don't have an Apple product, you can still download iTunes onto your laptop and leave a review that way. Yes. And this episode's outtakes are exclusively for our Patreon peeps, so go to patreon.com slash farm to become a Patreon starting at $2 a month. We have exclusive recordings and pictures up there, and it's an excellent way to support the podcast
1: yes and patreon also has a bunch of different levels and in fact i have a slight update on our gifty that's going out this month I just have not had a chance to get them out. There are so many of them, which is really <gasps> exciting. Um, I, there are so many that I actually had to order more shipping bags. <laughs> so that was oh, the delay. I didn't realize wow. that there were that many and I was that low. So I did actually get them in finally. So now I'll get them packaged. But I've already been like all prepped. Like I, I have the addresses all printed, I have everything all ready. I just need to sit down for a couple hours and get them all sorted and in, in the mail. But I'm so excited for everybody to get these. So. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I've been excited all month, and then just like one thing after another would delay it. But I promise you, you guys will get them and you'll love them.
0: <laughs> and Drinkin' and Farm has a phone number now. You can call us at 401 426 3276, which is also 401 426 Farm. And you can call and leave us a voicemail with your farm story, your questions, or your can't evens. So we like to play those on our mini sods when we get them. Uh, that way we can, uh, listen to your voice and let you tell us or question us or tell us your can't evens outside of the written form. So go ahead and do that if you would like, because I mean, I selfishly, re- really, really, like those.
1: Just <laughs> I saying. do do. Yeah. <laughs> Be sure and hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen, because this helps more people like you find our podcasts. And do us a favor and share this episode over
0: on Instagram in your stories and tag at Drink and Farm. You can share the post on our Drink and Farm Instagram uh, into your stories to easily obtain a promo code just for this episode that will give you a percentage off in our shop.
1: Yes, but you have to be sure and tag us. If you don't tag us, we don't know that you shared it. Exactly. Just an FYI. Because I have yeah. seen that there have been shares on it, but we didn't get tagged. So I have no idea who shared it. <laughs> <laughs> And make sure you take a look at the show notes to
0: find the article we discussed, a survey to tell us how we're doing, and all of our social media goodness.
1: Yeah, so that's it, guys. This was a fun episode.
0: Yeah, we hope you enjoyed and learned a little something about pasteurization, food safety, and Bev's family's digestive issues. I mean, all important (laughs) stuff. (laughs) And until next time.
1: Drink. Farm. And give Give zero zero clucks. Clucks. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. We drink
0: things, we farm things, we drink and farm things.